Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. Uh, once again, we're going to be back at you guys with a loaded slate for the episode. There's actually, uh, funny enough, for the offseason, quite a bit of news, uh, so we're excited to be bringing that to you. Firstly, we're going to be starting off talking a little bit about the Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Brady getting hammered after the first game uh, or his first win in a couple of years. Uh, Carson Wentz potentially joining the Bears and some rumors that have been circulating around that. Talking a little bit about the addition to the Bears coaching staff of Mike Pettin. Trubisky not wanting to return. Uh, the Chicago Bears showing interest in free agent running backs such as Aaron Jones. What the Bears should do with Allen Robinson. And then we're going to round out the show with the Chicago Bears top trade targets Reese and I will both give three targets that we think the Chicago Bears should be looking at. Uh, none that are particularly being rumored, and we're not doing any quarterbacks. This is all skill positions. We appreciate the consistent support. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the state of the podcast, too, in the beginning of the episode. Uh, we're really excited moving forward uh, to be continuing to bring you guys some really good Bears quality content. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the show and bear down. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. Man, as I was saying before, a little technical difficulty occurred. Uh, it's It's been a week, but it feels like it's uh, been like a month uh, in between the last podcast. We hit a lot of milestones. I mean, the Super Bowl, uh, that, that came and passed. And man, how are you feeling? Pretty good. Yeah, I know that, you know, we had our little Zoom party on the Super Bowl, watched it unfold together and i think that it was a game that was full of uh some surprises it was definitely an interesting mm -hmm. one a, a good bit of intrigue to see you know kind of mahomes controlled like he's never quite been controlled before i mm -hmm. know there's a lot of talk about penalties of course you know tom brady getting that seventh ring quite remarkable <laughs> um you know he's surely the undisputed goat at least in my mind at this point so yeah, it was it was really uh, interesting. Of course, yeah, we hit some podcast, really important podcast milestones, at least on the YouTube front, getting mm -hmm. that thousand subscriber summit. So I, I think what I'd like to say is just thank, thank you to everyone that's been listening. You know, not only on this podcast. You know, if you're listening on the podcast, you're one of our top listeners for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but to everyone that you know tunes in on YouTube, it's been you know awesome to have. You know, all you guys tune in, but also just to have that interaction too has been awesome to be able to talk to you guys in the comments about the Bears and, you know, what they're doing as a football team. And it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah. If you guys are a podcast listener, go ahead and leave us a comment on the YouTube and say, Hey, I'm coming from the podcast. We'd love to interact with you guys. Uh, if, if we catch it, which we should, and you're a podcast lis listener, we will definitely interact with the comment. Um, you know, we re we really appreciate all the support. I mean, we just passed uh, 60 episodes. We didn't even talk about that in the last podcast, but that's a, a huge, uh, huge thing for us, of course. Um, and then, yeah, a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Um, that means, you know, officially our content on there is going to be monetizable uh, based on YouTube AdSense, which, you know, it, it, it might be a little, you know, I'm, I, we apologize if it's a little annoying to have an ad here or there, uh, but we just want to reassure you guys that, you know, any sort of monetization we do, I mean, we've already talked about this. This is all getting poured back in to just improve the content for you guys. I mean, we've talked about it, you know, pretty openly so far that we, we have been running this podcast at a loss for probably like, 
I mean, what, like a year at this point, almost, it seems like, uh, I mean, I know we both have hundreds of dollars invested, uh, into the podcast at this point, cumulatively, probably over a thousand at this point, honestly. Um, but so, you know, we're, we, we're, we're going to be looking into, you know, how to do video content, you know, how to, you know, just really improve the overall experience for the listener, for YouTube for everything, everything like that, you know, uh, we do have a brand deal coming. So look out for that. Uh, if you want to support us, you'll be able to support us that way. Uh, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and you know, it's just, it, it's a good time to be, you know, podcast hosts and it's a good time to be a bare necessities listener. Cause there's going to be a lot of positive changes, uh, coming very soon. It's, it's weird. Cause you know, we always talked about this point, you know, when we were starting the podcast of, Hey, we're eventually going to get to the point where this thing is going to at least pay for itself. Uh, and then, you know, if not just improve the content, it can be a little frustrating, you know, wanting to improve the content more than, you know, your pockets might not be able to support. Uh, I know at this point, if we had, you know, unlimited money, if we were a McCaskey, like, you know, some of our YouTube commenters were saying that this, this podcast would definitely be better than it is right now. Uh, but we're certainly going to reach that point very soon. Yeah. I think that's certainly the most exciting part is, you know, since we've been doing this long enough, you do take a lot of pride in, in your work and getting the chance to be able to improve our content and, and make it better in the, in the very near future over the course of this year, it's going to be really nice, not only for you guys as viewers, but for us to be able to put out that mm -hmm. content. And, you know, to me, that just drives the interaction even better. You know, people can get a better read of who we are, you know, why we mm -hmm. have these opinions on the Bears team. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, you know, if, you know, this first year was big, you know, kind of the Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl wraps up what we'd call our first podcasting season. And, uh, you know, the second year is really honestly just going to be even better. Yeah, next year, I mean, we've already set some lofty goals. Uh, you know, this past month, we did about 60,000 uh, views, listens, whatever you want to call it. Um, and next year, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping for way higher than that. We're looking for way better. Uh, we truthfully believe that by the end of next year, we will be delivering the fastest growing and best Bears content out there. Uh, and we don't even think that's going to be you know, we don't think that's selling ourselves too far. We, we have different, so many different expansion ideas, you know, obviously also being in college at this point, or at least one of us still me, uh, it, it it's, it becomes a little bit difficult with classes, but that's going to lighten up, you know, next year as well. So it's, it's going to really be, you know, end game, end game for, uh, for everyone else on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're a little cocky. We're a little cocky. Yeah, we are. But also, I mean, I we do realize that, you know, there's a lot of people that cover the Bears that are, are very talented and, and great at what they do. So, you know, not to take Absolutely. anything away from, from them, but at the same time, it's just that kind of ambition and drive, which, you know, has gotten us to where we are right now and it's just going to keep us going. So, 100%. Yeah. You know, you know I, ho I hope that, you know, everybody on YouTube thinks, everyone on YouTube should think that the Bears content they're producing is the best content. Um if you don't think that, then you, you should probably rethink what you're doing. Uh, but you know, it's not, it's not that we're, you know, 
we're, we're not trying to be, you know, overly cocky about it or anything. We just, we have a, we have confidence that we believe that we, you know, even if we're not doing it right now, that in the future, we will be able to do that. Uh, and I, you know, I think everyone that's into content creation should also feel that way. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we can get right into the, into the mm-hmm. show here and what, right off the bat, are you just going to talk about the, the Super Bowl or do we have something yeah, more? Yeah, no, 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 let's let's start off with the Super yeah. Bowl. Man, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and start off. I didn't expect it. I honestly thought that Kansas City was going to win. Uh, I did not expect that type of performance from this Bucks defense. And I, it's not that I underrated the Bucks. It's just, you know, I believe that, uh, <laughs> you know, not too many people can stop Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs from rolling down the field. I think really in my time watching them, this has been the first time that I've really seen, you know, that team dumbfounded. What, they didn't even score a touchdown, right? Yep. No, no touchdown. That was like the first time Mahomes was never, you know, he was never held by a defense and, or was not able to get a touchdown. It said all the way back until high school. I mean, he was able to do it at Texas yeah. Tech, and then in high school he was always scoring touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a massive feat. I think what jumps out at me, you know, the stat kind of pop, popped up maybe an hour or two after the game, the fact that Mahomes, mm-hmm. you know, he ran about 500 yards trying to escape the pass rush. And oh my God. I, I think, you know, to anyone that watched the game, you know, the two greatest incompletions ever thrown, whatever you yes. want to call it. Consecutively, just, right? There was so much going on. I've never seen you know, a quarterback had to run for his life like that. You know, we've watched some pretty pitiful Bears offensive lines, whether it be this Mm -hmm. last year or in the past. And man, like that was, you know, a new level of, you know, pass rush. And and I know the Chiefs were kind of reeling. They had some major offensive line injuries that they had to deal with. But at the same time, you know, the Buccaneers game plan very well for that, you know, really only brought the four man pass rush pretty consistent. We were able to drop eight. And, you know, that's kind of why, too, early on in the game, we actually saw a couple more like coverage sacks or coverage kind of pressures. And it was later on when, you know, the Shaq Barrett and Vita Vey and, mm. you know, Jason Pierre Paul were constantly mixing up in the backfield. But, the ability to drop eight against Mahomes was was crucial in being able to slow down, you know, of course, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it, it's been insane. It, it's been it was truly insane. I mean, I want to talk about those incompletions real quick. You know, the first one was good, but the second one I vividly remember where Patrick Mahomes was probably like an inch off the ground when he actually released the ball. And it hit the player in the damn face mask, and he wasn't able to catch it. I mean, that was insane. That, I mean, that's that's like out of a out of a Disney movie, you know? Or uh, what, what was it called? Draft Day. Draft Day, where oh, yeah. where uh, they're able to uh, kind of. If you guys haven't seen the movie, they're able to kind of finesse the system by having the top overall pick and going with a guy that they thought was like twentieth overall, and then you know. Because of that, everyone thinks that the prospect that should have won is flawed. I mean, it's like out of a crazy storyline like that. I mean, that's that's what we saw out of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's gonna it's gonna reflect on his legacy. Uh, obviously, you know, in three years, starting MVP, Super Bowl, and then going to the Super Bowl, uh, I'm sure that. Uh, you know, he's, he's still going to go to Canton probably. I think that's safe to say. (laughs) Um, but I, it is going to be something that people say, Hey, I mean, look, he lost that Super Bowl. you know, I mean, honestly, we're going to see, 
how it's going to be getting back there with his contract. Obviously, you know, one of the greatest young quarterbacks. I mean, people are saying this is the LeBron Jordan matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, it, it honestly might look at it look like that in a couple years. Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, on the other side of the coin, you know, you look at Brady, of course, there's really nothing else you can add to that legacy. He's kind of just a man that, you know, he keeps going on here. I think the fact that he could possibly play until he's 45 is mm-hmm. honestly just crazy. That's only something that, you know, kickers and punters should be able to do, not quarterbacks. <laughs> um, so, you know, what a testament to how long he's been able to sustain his career. And I think, you know, to kind of put a little bit of a local twist on this, it's kind of something that I've seen a little bit. And I think that it does prove a good point. It doesn't really mean too much, but at least this shows to people that are kind of thinking they had to be this way that you don't need Mahomes at quarterback to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. or you don't need to play in the Andy Reid system to to mm-hmm. be or win in the Super Bowl. I, I think that it just shows that you can have a really good team and, and win, you know, and that might sound like a really hey, stupid hey, hey, don't, statement. Don't, don't, don't empower the Trubisky truthers right now, man. <laughs> I, 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 not, can't, I can't take it. <laughs> How can you even say that, bro? I'm talking about Tom Brady right now. I mean, they added um, in, you know, the best quarterback of all time into yeah. their squad, which, which shows, you know, you do need that quarterback because, with how even how great this Buccaneers defense is, you know, you take Tom Brady away, this team's maybe what eight and eight. I mean, I mean, we I, we saw it with Jameis with ja- with Jameis, it still didn't look that pretty. Yeah, I mean, so you know, and it's not even just the quarterback play, but also the leadership qualities, which is also extremely important. Oh yeah, but you know, at least it kind of shows you that there's no one solution. There's multiple solutions to be a successful football team. Um, but at the same time, you need to have that cohesiveness. You know, the when mm-hmm. the Buccaneers struggled in the season, there was kind of headbutting between Arians and Brady. And when they were kind of able to be on the same page and find, you know, where that balance needed to be, that's when they truly succeeded. And ultimately, it kind of plays into, you know, what the Bears need to do this offseason is find that balance, mm-hmm. find someone that can work with Nagy. Maybe they're not 100% agreeing all the time. Probably a good thing. There should be debate. That's usually what mm-hmm. brings out the best answers. But, you know, at least they can get on the same page and eventually, you know, work cohesively. Yeah, I mean, going, I mean, Brady going to another team is definitely going to improve his legacy. I mean, you can't really get into that Belichick-Brady situation, like conversation anymore. Yes, they both depended on each other. And, you know, Brady hasn't had a bad coach in his career. But, you know, at the end of the day, it still adds to his resume. They could absolutely go and win it again, I think, uh, next year if it, if that you know, if need be, who knows, I guess Tom Brady could also just hit a brick wall and then completely fall off. (laughs) But yeah, you know, it it shows you that you can have that, you know, it's, it's crappy to call Tom Brady a game manager. He's not a game manager, but you can have someone who's more concerned with getting the ball to the playmakers than making all the plays as Tom Brady really is at this point in his career. Uh, He's not the, I mean, it's safe to say he's not the same guy as a couple years, even a couple years ago, but he, you know, you, you, you can win with not a perfect quarterback. Yeah. And, and he's not going to kill you with his legs either. I mean, I think the best offensive play the Chiefs had all game was just running it left outside of the pocket with Mahomes. That's what mm-hmm. got them probably their most first downs. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, he's not someone like that. So it, he's just more of a traditional quarterback at this point. You know, we're so used to quarterbacks being extremely mobile. 
And if you have the offensive line that can support that, I mean, 100%, go for it. I mean, we saw how it worked out with a bad offensive line and Nick Foles for us last season, which was not very well. But Mm -hmm. when you can do it, it it can be effective. So it should just give you confidence that at least it can show you, too, how much offense can or how much the NFL can swing within one year. I mean, of course, they brought in Brady, so it's a little bit of like a trump card. But, you know, they went from being, you know, kind of a laughing stock of a team to Super Bowl champions. You know, it doesn't you can't really write it any better than that. Yeah. And the one thing that I wanted to add that, you know, it was typical of this Bucks team is they took a lot of flyers on players that were, you know, called character issues or, you know, whatever it may be brought in, like brought in guys. I mean, you look at like Ndamukong and Sue, they brought in, they brought in guys like Antonio Brown, you know, Leonard Fournette this year, guys who a lot of, you know, fans were telling their teams, Hey, maybe go pick this guy up. He's pretty good. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the 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 teams that go to the Super Bowl they do it. I mean, you look at back when I mean Kansas City has done it. Uh, you know, you look at back at like some of those Patriots teams, guys that they picked up. You know, they had Antonio Brown for a little bit too. It, it's kind of proof that this old school mentality of you know absolutely no. If you have a good enough locker room and good enough leadership to begin with, you can handle some guys who are head cases. I mean, hey, look at what I mean, look at the Bears this year. They didn't even bring in one of these guys and they had more on the field issues than the Bucks did. We had two players throw punches at the same exact player. After before both of those instances, coaches told them specifically not to interact with them. Yeah. No, I mean it, yeah. it, it Case it's cra- point, it's crazy right? at this point. It's it's old school thinking, and same with the whole build through the draft mentality. I agree, you have to be a good drafting team, but I mean the Bucks. When you look at the Bucks, they have so many players who they brought in through free agency. Almost that like entire defense was free agents. I mean, especially that defensive line. Besides guys like Shaq, like Bear. Devin yeah. White though they drafted him. Yeah, out of LSU, they, they did, that's a good draft a, pick right there. You know, a, a couple guys, a couple guys. Yeah. You know. But guys like Jason Pierre-Paul, um, you know, obviously Shaq Barrett, who was with Denver, I believe, when he originally came into the league. Uh, I mean, you th- you can get so many of these guys in free agency. You don't need to be an ultra-conservative team like the Colts are, which, you know, they've built up a good team. and But, like, they're going to go into next season with $60 million in cap space. How much leftover talent that is that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to be real, if you're hitting on two to three of your draft picks and you're signing two to three, like, you know, quality free agents are going to make a difference, like, that's mm-hmm. a pretty good offseason right there. Yeah. You know, they got... You know, over the past couple of years, got Devin White, Antoine Winfield to be on that defense, but also yeah, those were good. Jason Pierre-Paul also ended up getting Shaq Barrett, whatever. You know, you keep adding these names. I mean, hell yeah, you get a couple. It'll work out. You got to do it well. Maybe not perfect, but do it well on both categories, and you end up being, you know, in the mix. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And dude, have you did you see the video of Tom Brady just absolutely hammered walking through the crowd? <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean that, that that's on, on a hu- more human aspect for a guy that's normally so you know media trained and like you know throughout his entire career has always tried to appear super nice family guy. I mean, seeing him absolutely hammered at the Super Bowl, I mean, just completely 
you know, I guess I don't want to say out of character because it's not, it's not like he, it's a bad thing that that happened, but right. you know, it, it's just a little, it makes him a little more human. I think he's yeah. kind of like a very football political figure, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, he was just letting loose a little bit, but yeah, you usually expect him to be like that uh, GQ, very serious mm-hmm. kind of, kind of person. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, just real quick, Chicago Bears, they added Mike Patton as a senior defensive assistant. Uh, real quick, I'll give my my take first. Uh, dude, I'm a big fan of this move. Uh, I think that, you know, Mike Patton, he has a pretty good reputation around the league. Obviously, things didn't work around in his uh, second stint in with Green Bay. However, I think that people are going to end up seeing that uh, he also did contribute to their pass rush a lot. And I think we're going to see guys like Zadarius Smith uh, and other, other pass rushers take a step back uh he's someone who really focuses on the pass rush uh you know pass rush overall you know stopping the pass before the run uh, he was with Vic Fangio for a while somewhere I want to say when they were in Baltimore I, I can't remember exactly uh but he he was he knew Vic Fangio for a while and honestly the big thing is you know he's going to help Sean Desai kind of figure out the ropes of being uh, defensive coordinator he's not going to have much he, you know he's not going to have ultimate say and he's not going to have any play calling responsibilities which was you know a lot of what got him kicked out of Green Bay uh, but he is going to help he's a very experienced he was a head coach at one point with the Browns he's going to be able to help Sean decide kind of grow and figure out how to become the Bears next long-term defensive coordinator and on top of that he knows our division very well and specifically he knows Matt LaFleur's offense very well yeah, I'm really curious to kind of see how, you know, since you say he's not going to be part of basically a defensive play calling, but I do want to see how it impacts like the theorization of the defense. Mm-hmm. Of course, you said it's going to be very emphasis, you know, heavy on the pass rush, which is going to be extremely important because we need. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, which we need. I mean, of course, I think over the past two seasons, we can definitely see it. That has been lacking. I think our defense has been fairly conservative. And and now with Desai, I think that, you know, it's likely that we're going to see the return of, you know, some more aggressive, you know, at least defensive line play, um, you know, probably pass rush play in general, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, the Bears being in that 3-4 scheme. So, you know, I'm excited to see what, what Petten can do. I, I don't think that that's not something crazy that, you know, we need to celebrate about, but it does show mm-hmm. at least that I think that they're moving in the right direction, or at least the direction that most fans want to see them move back into, because I know people itch and yearn for the days of, you know, Vic Fangio and really hoping that, you know, Desai carries a lot of those values back through. So mm-hmm. I think this is a good indication. That's what's likely to happen. Although, you know, we're really never going to know. And it's likely that Desai is going to have his own tendencies. So we're just going to have to wait and see, but it's a good sign. Yeah, I I mean, exactly. He's not going to have a ton of, obviously not a ton of input, but he is going to have some input and should, you know, my biggest thing is I'm, I'm happy they're pairing someone that, you know, really doesn't have a ton of experience uh, that they just kind of view him as like a high high upside prospect, if you will, uh, kind of maybe mature into, you know, what we think he can be, which is a very good defensive coordinator. Um, by the way, big shout out to Todd Bowles, uh, what he did with the can or with the uh, 
with stopping the Kansas State Chiefs, I forgot to even mention him. Uh, he sh- he really should have been the MVP of that game if you can even give it to coaches. I don't think you can, uh, but man, he he looked pretty good. I hope that he gets another coaching opportunity pretty shortly. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on. Carson Wentz, man. Uh, you know, rumors started swirling late last week that the Bears are in on Carson Wentz. And this has been such a heavily debated topic amongst Bears fans. I think a lot of Bears fans at first were like, what? We don't want this. And then it seems like a lot of them are slowly walking themselves back. Personally, I've been kind of on the same boat the entire time. And I think you haven't really changed your stance too much either, Reese. Uh, But man, uh, real quick, the Bears are supposedly... They still supposedly have the top offer in for Carson Wentz, but the Eagles, they're willing to take their time, see if more offers come in, and kind of try to play this waiting game. They don't feel extremely pressured. Uh, Brandon Robinson, Bleacher Report writer, tweeted that out a couple minutes ago. Uh, But with Carson Wentz, man, supposedly John DeFilippo, he thinks that he can fix Wentz. Uh, obviously, he was with the Eagles during this 2017 MVP season. He wants to work on Wentz's fundamentals. He thinks that he could completely rebuild them and turn Wentz into another MVP caliber uh, quarterback per Albert Breer. Uh, I, I believe that I am in the minority of Bears fans that would actually be excited for this <laughs> Uh, it does. It seems like so many people are just so against it. I think my biggest thing is that, you know, three out of the past four years, he's been a franchise quarterback. And when you go in a, a real good way to see how good a quarterback is, especially if there's one, if there's one, uh, with someone who's as old as Carson Wentz is now, uh, and you know, pretty much off of his rookie contract has a big deal is go and check how other fan bases view him. And man, Eagles fans are furious about this. They do not want him traded. Uh, even for a first round pick, they are, they are sure that he is the guy. Uh, and they view Howie Roseman as the main issue of this team. Uh, and it seems like a lot of other Eagles players agree with that sentiment as well. Listen, Wentz is an extremely talented dude. My The biggest reason why I like him, and I actually put out a video, funny enough, the night before these rumors came out about him, uh, he has what you desire mentally out of a quarterback. He's really good with processing. He knows Matt Nagy's scheme. He's mobile, quick release. So many absolutely great, you know, you understand why he got drafted so high. And most of the issues are relatively simple issues. He was put in a lot of situations that were really crappy and had a lot of of the load on his back. They were trying to, he was trying to be Patrick Mahomes without any Patrick Mahomes level talent around him without any, you know, not, not even nearly the same coaching staff play calling everything like that. And the scheme wasn't, or not necessarily the scheme, but the, the way Doug Peterson was play calling wasn't necessarily doing what he did well. And the biggest issue was his footwork, which just looked flat out terrible. That regressed mightily over the past two years since John DeFilippo left the Eagles. And man, I think that, uh, I think that he could fix it in Chicago. I, I, I would be he would be such an upgrade over Trubisky. I feel like Bears fans don't even, a lot of casual Bears fans, I feel like just don't even realize how Carson Wentz is just on a completely different completely different planet than Trubisky, in my opinion, at least. And a lot of that, real quick, because I know I'm going to get a lot, of, a lot of flame for this in the comments, 
Uh, A lot of that is is mainly because of the mental ability. I'm not, Trubisky had a ton of talent. He just didn't have what it took mentally to play the scheme in which Matt Nagy wanted. I'm sure if he went over to the San Francisco 49ers and ran a more simplistic scheme, he could see some more success. But what Matt Nagy wants, Trubisky did not have. And Carson Wentz is much more in the mold of what Matt Nagy wants. Yeah, I think that, you know, I agree with what you're hitting at with the last part there as far as that, you know, Wentz is, is ahead on a different level than Trubisky. At the same time, though, I will say that Carson Wentz is one of the most confusing quarterbacks in this league. Maybe mm-hmm. the most confusing player. Um, you know, obviously a trajectory over the first two seasons, you know, over, you know, the early part of his career, looked, you know, through the roof. I think it was his second season that he was, you know, basically going to be the MVP until he got hurt. And then, you know, you know, things started to change up a little bit. And, you know, this Mm -hmm. past year was really a huge point of regression. I'd say it's definitely kind of like how we would look at 2019 with Mitchell Trubisky as far as it's like, what, what just happened? We expected him to take, you know, such a huge step up and we got quite the opposite. And I think that, uh, another stat that's really odd to me is the fact that he threw the majority of his majority of his interceptions while he wasn't under pressure, which is mm-hmm. is very odd. You know, of course, there's statistics like that can be a little bit misleading because it doesn't give you the full picture of what's going on in the game. Of course, you need to actually watch, see what's completely happening. Maybe there's a mm-hmm. tipped interception. You know, who knows? But at the same time, you know. What that leads you to think is that he doesn't quite have that mental mental capacity. But when mm-hmm. you watch him play, he doesn't look like Trubisky and where that he doesn't understand or read the game well. Like he can make that second and third read quite effectively. You know, he's usually pretty good at dispersing the ball, although not really with checkdowns in a weird way. He's got some odd deficiencies in his game. Like you said, his footwork has started to decline a little bit, but that's easy to fix. So it's kind of like this constant mental battle within your head. You're like, I don't know. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like what's wrong with him could be fixed out. And that's like, oh, he's got these kind of tendencies that make you think that maybe he's not going to quite make it to that next level. He's not going to be consistent. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's intriguing enough where it's like, you know, at that price, you know, Nagy's going out here to prove it, that he has a lot of incentive to make it work. And you know that Pace and Nagy, you know, for their own sake, they have to be working, you know, together, thinking together and and determining who the next best Mm -hmm. quarterback is going to be. I mean, I I personally, I do like Derek Carr, but at the same time, there is that element of intrigue with Wentz where, you know, I I think you've brought it up multiple times before, uh, Austin, where, you know, Carr, he seems like, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him, you know, Mm -hmm. you know his upside has kind of been realized. We know he's a good quarterback, you know, maybe he's not ever going to be top five, but you know, probably top 10, but with Wentz, it's kind of like, well, he's at this weird point in his career. He could totally snap out of it, get back into MVP form again, you know, and if you surround Mm -hmm. him with weapons, which isn't something that he's always had, I mean, he's had Ertz, you know, various other people, you know, come inside and out, you know, whatever Elshon Jeffrey still is in this league, you know, He's had a few people, but not, no one crazy. 
So, you know, we'll have yeah. to see. I think, you know, you can look at a case-by-case comparison and be like, well, Nelson Aguilar had a hell of a lot better season with, you know, the Raiders and Carr than, you know, he ever did with Wentz. But that's a totally different team, totally different scheme. I don't think you can really quite do that. I think it's pretty clear that, you know, either quarterback option for the Bears is is a good one here. But with Wentz, it just gets a bit tricky because we're not fully certain what he's going to be. But, man, if it goes right, you know, who cares what the cost is? You know, he could be that legitimate franchise quarterback. And, you know, if you give up two first to get that, that's really not that bad at all. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's going to come down to that. It seems like the more recent rumors is about one first-round pick. And honestly... If we want any chance of winning with this current team, we're going to need to trade for a guy or get a guy in free agency. And like, if you look at the free agent names, Dak Prescott's on there, but there's already been rumors coming out that he's getting tagged, which, uh, which makes total sense. I uh, would not expect anything else from a team like the Cowboys who not only need a quarterback, uh, but also uh, they tend to like to keep their guys and get them big contracts as well. Jerry Jones is not known to be uh, drawing the strings on the money bag, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but but what I, what I want to say about Wentz is that I know everyone's going to look at his stats and see how he played last season and believe that that's who he is as a player. But I urge everyone to think back at different times where how we viewed Derek Carr. There was a time where people thought the Raiders were going to get rid of Derek Carr. How we viewed guys like, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill. At times, Dak had a really down season that a lot of people forget about, that a lot of people were calling for his head. It is not all that atypical that when you see a young quarterback and the talent starts to degrade around him, you can see a regression. And outside of that, the Eagles, their offensive line had a ton of injuries. They're old. Uh, I mean, they had barely any weapons. Their best receiver was like Travis Fulgham, uh, who was like an undrafted receiver. Uh, and it, It's like whatever you saw Matt Nagy do for Trubisky, where you saw him craft a scheme towards the end, I'm going to say, because in the beginning of his career, he didn't do that. But towards the end where we saw him, you know, completely switch up the scheme that he was running and the offense looked like a completely different offense altogether, that was the exact opposite of what was happening for Wentz. And after I've seen what Nagy has been able to do with Trubisky, I look at Wentz and I'm just like, man, this could be, you know, uh, I mean, Matt Nagy could make it work. And I know a lot of people aren't big fans of Matt Nagy, but the one thing that I can say is that when he has had guys that read his scheme well and they've had competent offensive lines, like, for instance, like Foles in the beginning before the offensive line started to degrade and even like Chase Daniels, he's been able to make things work. And I, I believe that that's what would happen with Wentz. I think, I, and you know, ultimately I trust Dave Filippo. He did a great job with Mitch last offseason. Mitch looked like a better quarterback this year than he ever did uh, with the Bears. And I, 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 I trust him. I, I believe in, I mean, he had a couple of years with Wentz. You know, I believe in his, uh, his judgment on him. Yeah, I think it's good that he's already had prior work with Wentz and the fact that, you know, his time with him came when he was putting up some of his better numbers was looking at, you know, some of the best he has in his career. And if anything, mm-hmm. that's just going to make Wentz feel better off the start. He's going to probably play more confident, even if it's just something totally that's in his head. 
doesn't really matter. It's going to give him a sense of comfort that, you know, he wouldn't have if it was just some other guy. So I, I think that's would, def- I, would I yeah real quick but would would I rather have Carr or or Watson of course but are those at this point we're either really looking at a rookie you know Wentz or like a Jameis Winston like yeah. you know like Teddy yeah like Bridgewater, another maybe yeah yeah like I mean best case scenario maybe like a Marcus Mariota I don't know who's yeah. gonna get out of their seats for that it's the best of the available options in my mind, as far as the Bears possibly finding a guy that could be the franchise quarterback going forward. Yeah, which I think is fair. I was just going to say, I think that, you know, whether it be Carr, um, Wentz, you know, Bears fans are probably just going to have to live with it. You know, they might hate it. Some Hope of for them. the best. But they're going to have to live with the fact that this team is going to forfeit Maybe not this year's first round pick, but next year's first round <laughs> pick and probably some other asset to get a mm-hmm. quarterback. And it's just going to happen. I know to some people it seems like it's it's short-sighted, right? That, you know, the fact that Pace and Nagy could both be gone next year. And you know what? You're right. It is it is possibly short-sighted. Mm-hmm. There is a very good chance that it could work. But if it doesn't work, it's going to totally blow up in all their faces. It's going to end their time with the Bears. And it's going to put the Bears once again in a very awkward position. I mean, hey, for people that don't like this, like how this franchise is set up right now, that could be the best case scenario, though, honestly, because, hey, you either get your guy and your franchise is set up or, hey, the the house is going to be cleared, you know, they just they have to take a shot at something. And, uh, you know, they really they are not in any position to bring back anyone. I mean, Nick Foles. You don't want him to be your starting quarterback next year. No. I don't want God, him to be no. your starting quarterback God, next no. year. It really seems like there's no way Trubisky is coming back because neither no. party really wants that to happen. So, you know, they have to do something. They put themselves in a situation where they need to make a move. So it's going to happen. I mean, their jobs literally depend on it. <laughs> Which I, I feel like we should talk about quickly the news that came out that Trubisky apparently doesn't even want to come back here and the Bears don't want him back here either now i'm a little bit confused with that because of the the last press conference where trubisky was kind of saying that he felt like he had unfinished business with the bears and like stuff like that but from his perspective you know i i think he needs a a change of scenery you know a change of scenery for some players just works you know and i i hope that's the case for him he's a great dude you know he's a good leader He, he seems to be a nice guy i've never obviously met him personally but um, I, I wish nothing bad for Trubisky. Um, I just thought it was interesting that that kind of came out that he didn't want to be back in Chicago because I'm going to be honest, I don't know if he's in the right position to being all that picky about where he's going <laughs> to land. Yeah, no, that's a fairly good point. I mean, you know, maybe he knows something that we don't. He probably does know something that we don't. I'll put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Although, yeah, I don't know if, you know, cutting off one of maybe your only potential suitors is the best idea. At the same time, though, I think it's probably for the best. I don't think that he's going to advance himself anymore here in Chicago, and I don't think he's going to have the support of management and Nagy to 
to do so. I think that if he was going to come back, it was going to be in a backup role. And and frankly, he's probably going to get more money than that. I mean, I know we haven't heard too much speculation about where he'll end up, but he'll end up in a training camp 100% next year. For sure. I mean, there's no way that he is not going to be on an NFL team. I'd be, I'd find that extremely unlikely. So I think ultimately it's probably what's best for each party, but it is a little odd that Trubisky would say that if the report is true. I just, I, I think I could see him, you know, maybe with the 49ers, but I think a team that would make a lot of sense. Uh, two teams actually would be a, uh, the saints kind of as drew Brees is probably stepping down there. Uh, get yourself a drew Brees like quarterback, like in the mold, at least, uh, someone that could, you know, if they're confident with Taysom Hill, uh, Maybe you know get that get that little duo going on there with him and uh, Trubisky if they don't make if they don't retain Jameis which it seems like they want to uh, or you know another another team would maybe be like the Baltimore Ravens where you know maybe they could lean more on his athletic ability uh, and kind of make things work there but just always talk about that real quick the Chicago Bears are showing interest in free agent running backs. And this is coming to a lot of surprise to many Bears fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. But this is coming to a lot of surprise for Bears fans who think that, you know, we have the best damn running backs in existence. Uh, But no, huge fan of David Montgomery. Um, He had a a huge improvement year and he is still probably going to be that main back. But we still need a true second running back. Cohen, he's a great gadget guy. He's really good at running around the tackles, but he lacks the ability to run through the tackles. We don't know if we're going to be keeping Cordell Patterson or not. Um, we, we, we've been talking about how we've needed really that true second option. And it looks like the Bears are finally going to be interested in adding one. Uh, some guys, people are throwing the name around Aaron Jones, which... I mean, I don't. I can't really think of a better compliment for David Montgomery. Uh, someone with his speed, uh, his production, uh, really getting a a a, a core, a, a two back core. I mean, you look at a, a lot of the teams that are successful running. They have these running back by committee groups. Uh, it's. I mean, look at I'm Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette with the Bucks. I mean, the the Chiefs have a good running back room. The the um, the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, all these teams have good running back rooms. They don't lean so heavily on a running back because you can keep them more fresh through the game. I mean, there's so many, there's tons of benefit. And we don't have a running back under contract besides Tariq Cohen, who's making like $2 million. Um, but some other guys that were mentioned, you know, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman and Aaron Jones are probably the most intriguing to me. Maybe Kenyon Drake as well. Not too interested in Todd Gurley, but... Uh, man, we, we could use it. Our running game still needs to be improved for sure. Yeah, it does 100%. I mean, if we're talking Aaron Jones, I mean, frankly, yeah, I don't think you'll agree with this. I think Aaron Jones would, would sit Montgomery, you know? I, I think, honestly, yeah. that there is a, a situation mm. there where Jones would get the majority of the touches, which is yeah. fine in my opinion. But I do really like Montgomery. I think that, you know, he's at least a top 10 back. I, I think that, you know, Obviously, the fact that he doesn't have pull-away speed is a little bit of of an issue as far as breaking off long runs. But, hey, I mean, he still managed to break off that 80-some yarder, even though it, it seemed like it was pushing him a little bit. But, hey, he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? I think that 
the Bears certainly need to move on from just the whole Cordero Patterson running back thing. Like maybe I want to keep him, keep I, him, but I, not yeah, a running back. Keep him, yeah, hundred percent. I would love to see Cordero Patterson back. I mean, he's one of the best return men of all time. I think that he certainly is a huge weapon in special teams, not only you know returning on kick returns, but also as that gunner in uh, on punt formations. I mean, he makes so many tackles mm-hmm. in that position, so he's a huge weapon. But I think that he can do well at running back. But man, it would be a lot better to have someone that's truly a fit at that position, and, and to have Cohen on the side. You know, like you said, for you know. Also, as a third option, because it's great to have three running backs, but you know you can mix them into certain formations, give defenses a different look. He's great for that. I think that you know someone along the lines, I, you know, Tevin Coleman, someone interesting to me. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones is the is the best name out there, hundred percent. But he's going to garner. You know, running backs don't get huge contracts, but you know, Aaron Jones is definitely going to garner the most money out of this group. I think that Kenyon Drake, like you said, is someone that would be at least intriguing to me. There's a few other mm-hmm. names out there. Um, but either way, I think that it would just be good to, like you said, get someone that's going to help take some of the load off of Montgomery that's not Cordero Patterson or Ryan yeah. Null. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all you Null believers out there. This podcast has been notably pretty low on him. I just remember, if you remember the last, the second Green Bay game, the Bears marched all the way down to the Green Bay end zone. David Montgomery gets slightly injured. They bring in, what was it, the combination of Artavis Pierce and Ryan Nall, and they ran for like a combined negative four yards. And thank God Montgomery came back after that. But really outside of Montgomery, and I mean, I don't want to see Cohen take the main bulk load. That's going to be a huge issue. But having a running back room of Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, and Tariq Cohen, that would be, you know, right at the top of the league for running back rooms. And with how much this team has missed having a good rushing threat, uh, man, I think that would be, you know, obviously the top option. Some people are saying Aaron Jones might only get like, you know, 10 million a year, maybe a little bit, maybe even a little bit less than that, which is intriguing to me. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of write him off because of his, the line he had in Green Bay, uh, which, you know, that's obviously good. But I think that having a guy like Aaron Jones, where he's big enough, where he can withstand some tackles, but he also has that breakaway speed, I think that'd be perfect for Matt Nagy's offense, which, you know, really tries to keep a balanced attack based on explosive plays. A guy that I'll throw in there, uh, Matt Breida, I think would be a decent low price option. Uh, And, you know, Tevin Coleman too. I know his tenure with the 49ers didn't really go as planned, but um, you know, Todd Gurley, I don't really, I can't really see the benefit in adding Todd Gurley at this point. Uh, Unfortunately, his career really fell off, uh, fell off a cliff as soon as uh, that arthritis started hitting in. Uh, Terrible story, but you know, it's it's a money game right with running backs unfortunately Mm -hmm. i mean it's just such a such a physical position that the 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 lifespan of that position in the league has really gone down in recent years yeah and you know i i think that eventually they're gonna have to probably figure out a way to rework running backs rookie contracts because it's almost unfair how i mean they're they're the best value in football right now 
and they get injured so easily and they don't usually last their second contract. I mean, guys like Frank Gore are just a complete anomaly and Adrian Peterson too. I mean, what they've been able to do is insane, spectacular, really. Um, So, you know, but I think that's all that's really to be said about the running backs. Let's go ahead and move on to a little more Allen Robinson talk. You know, uh, the Bears, they put out a video this week uh, trying to hype people up for 2021. They had Allen Robinson in the video that led to both Allen Robinson and his agent uh, tweeting out the thinking face emoji, uh, which, you know, <laughs> it, it's going to what what's going to happen in this Allen Robinson saga is going to be really interesting because apparently they haven't talked much about a new contract. Truthfully, I believe the reason for that is because they're trying to get the quarterback position figured out. Some people are saying he's asking for over $20 million a year, which is insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, You know, uh, here it's really going to get down to uh, what would, I guess the main question that this segment is kind of going after is what would, what should the bears do with Allen Robinson? I'm gonna let you start off Reese. Yeah. The the best possible move and it's the least exciting one, but it's that good old franchise tag. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know what? I think that at this point, you drop that franchise tag. Um, obviously, it's going to be cheaper than that $20 million plus price that he's been By asking for, which I honestly don't think he's worth. Um, which, you know, some people do, some people don't. That's fine. I, I think that you drop the franchise tag on him, you give him this next year with whoever this new quarterback is going to be. And, you know, if he is truly worth it, truly worth this 20 million plus contract, he will ball out and play for it because Mm -hmm. that's what players that are great and that deserve that big contract do when they're on a franchise tag. They hate being underpaid for what they're worth. So I want to see him go out there and ball and ball on that franchise tag. A ball on a budget, yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I think that <laughs> that's ultimately what the best move for this Bears team would be. I, I would say, you know, my little sneaky workaround devil's advocate answer would be get rid of him and sign someone that's going to be equally as good and has a higher upside, mm-hmm. you know, in free agency. But at the same time, yeah, ex- insert you know Kenny Gallagher's name there. Um, insert you know more hate. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I think that. You know, what the Bears organization is likely to do is tag them because they're not the one to make an aggressive move like that and try to mm-hmm. swap receivers. So they're going to try to go for the sure thing and tag them. And, uh, you know, we'll see exactly how that works out and how Allen Robinson and his agent respond. They might not sit for that. But honestly, if Allen Robinson ends up being a type of person that's going to hold out, I mean, I would honestly probably laugh at that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't even need to talk too much about Allen Robinson as a player. The the my core issue with shelling out a twenty two million dollar contract, like some people are saying he's asking for, is that this offense has been terrible, and we have so many other needs along the offense at so much more impactful positions than receiver. I mean, first off, we need a damn quarterback. So. You know, that could range us up to $40 million. We're already like under the cap right now. I don't know how the hell we'd even possibly swing that. You know, obviously there's a lot you can do with the cap and there's players that we can cut. Uh, But let's talk about that first. And then also our offensive line has been pretty terrible these past two years. 
I think I would much rather see the Chicago Bears go out and get a major key free agent offensive lineman like someone like a Trent Williams who is probably, you know, the second best left tackle in all of football, obviously has a little bit of character issues uh, that has led to him, you know, moving some certain places. Uh, But that, like, freak of nature left tackle would definitely be, you know, our team's franchise left tackle. You're going to sign him for the same contract number, probably like $22 million a year, if not even a better deal. And that's a way more impactful position. Obviously, receiver, it is a, it is a position that's important. I'm not, I mean, you look at the Bucks. they just, you know, I mean, look at the what receivers they have with Mike, uh, Mike Evans, who, man, thousand yards in each of his first seven seasons, insane, uh, you know, you know, Godwin, who's going to be a free agent. I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that have really good wide receivers and it helps them a lot, but you got to get that offensive line hammered out first because that just impacts the passing game and the running game. And if that's the, if that's the goal is like, Hey, we are going to let Allen Robinson walk, but we're going to, we're going to use that money to put it towards our quarterback and offensive line. I'm down for that plan. Guys like Allen Robinson. I mean, bears fans are going to throw a fit just like they did with Jordan Howard when he left. I mean, he has a a good nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's done absolutely nothing since leaving. Uh, People still, people act like Jordan Howard getting traded is like being a Raiders fan when Khalil Mack was traded. Uh, (laughs) But then also, um, I mean, Ryan Pace in the past has shown he didn't really care too much about keeping receivers around. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey walked, Obviously, uh, Bears fans also hated that move. Same with trading Brandon Marshall, uh, but it ended up working in the long haul for sure. Um, but yeah, but ultimately, I think what I would do if I'm Ryan Pace right now is I would tag him because you can remove the franchise tag too uh, up until a certain point. I would tag him, kind of see how free agency goes, and then at that point, make the decision of, you know, after you know what's coming available in free agency and who you could get, then, you know, if he's not going to play, lift the franchise tag or trade him. I mean, we can definitely get like, I mean, we'd get a third round compensatory pick for Robinson. I'm guessing at this point, we probably could get like a high third round, maybe even a second round pick for Robinson in a trade, which with all this team needs, I mean, you have to think if we, for instance, added Trent Williams and then also got a second round pick for Allen Robinson and drafted, let's say, a guy like center Creed Humphrey, one of the best centers in the draft. I mean, that's a completely different offensive line, you know, that, that completely rebuilds two key positions. So you kind of got to think about it in a yes, ideally, I'd like to keep Robinson, but, you know, there's other factors that play into it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to kind of, hit the point home the money can be best spent elsewhere and the money that i'm talking about is the money that be the difference between that franchise tag and the 22 mm-hmm. million dollar 20 whatever million dollar contract that would be spent and you know i know there's a lot of bears fans out there that are calling for Allen robinson to be kept but there's also a lot of people calling for them to rework that offensive line and you know can't do prob- both you probably yeah you can't really do both unfortunately unless you know you can make some minor improvements by just tagging him and then hopefully signing someone with mm-hmm. whatever is left over in excess, but you're not going to be able to get Trent Williams that way. So yeah, you know, like you said, I mean, 
we can move on after this point, but yeah, you know, whether it's Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte, you know, Jordan Howard, you know, mm-hmm. Bears fans always have a tough time giving up the players that, you know, have got them to a very mediocre level. <laughs> yeah, very true. And honestly, as much as people want to hate on pace, he's done a pretty good job of self-scouting when to let players walk, when to keep players. I mean, really, God, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey had like one good year after we let him walk with the Eagles, I know. he, But he still hasn't been anything particularly special, uh, especially with the contract that he ended up getting from the Eagles. Um, and then, you know, obviously Jordan Howard letting him walk. They do a pretty – I mean, they – they do a pretty good job with the internal scouting. I know Robinson's a young guy and he's high upside, but they might go out there and see, you know, certain other guys that are reminiscent of Allen Robinson when he came into the Bears, which he didn't nearly come with the same resume, but, you know, put up about the same production. So uh, we're going to have to go ahead and, and check that out. You know, I liked Allen Robinson. I, I still remember the day he signed here when he posted the the picture of him in a Bears jersey. And, you know, that was like the first good free agent the Bears had gotten in years. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be sad to lose him. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Let's go ahead and move on. So finally, to wrap up the show, uh, obviously, it's the off season now, really officially. So we're going to be getting into, you know, a lot of, you know, potential scenarios and how we'd like to see the offseason play out. So today we're going to be giving out our Chicago Bears top six trade targets. So Reese and I both created a three player list uh, of guys we'd like to see the Bears trade for potentially. And these are meant to be more realistic. Um I mean, I think none of these are quarterbacks, right? None of, none of mine are quarterbacks. No. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to kind of stay away from quarterbacks because, you know, we talk about that so much already. Uh, but I'll go ahead and let you uh, tee it off, Reese. Go ahead. And yeah. these are also meant to be realistic, by the way, like not out of the, out of the spectrum. Yeah, no, I'd say that mine are definitely pretty realistic too. Nothing too big or reach besides maybe my second one. But I'll lead off with someone that'd probably be a good person to go alongside if the Bears end up tagging Allen Robinson. That'd be Michael Gallup, mm. currently a wide receiver for the Tekken, te- Texans, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. The currently, Texans, <laughs> not even the right team. <laughs> not even the right team, but it's okay. We'll move on. Uh, you know, currently a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Not someone that they would have a, a lot of incentive to move. He's not on a huge contract, but. You know, sometimes cap casualties can be the oddest people. And Michael Gallup, you know, you give him, you know, some kind of decent compensation to get him moved. And you're going to end up getting someone that, you know, two years ago got over a thousand reception yards. I think he's been a a fairly consistent target for whoever that, you know, Dallas quarterback Mm -hmm. has been, which has been a rotating cast since Dak Prescott's been injured. You know, I think he's a good name, someone that has ability to make some you know downfield catches but can also work you know he can work just about any part of the field I don't think that he's necessarily you know someone that has any one trait that stands out as being exceptional other than having you know pretty reliable hands but I think that he'd be someone that would be a good target for you know someone like Wentz or Derek Carr you know you line him up as your wide receiver number two um, along with Mooney in the slot. And I think that's a, that's a trio that can get some some good damage done there. Yeah, you know, I'd I like uh, I'd like a guy like Michael Gallup. And I, I understand what you're saying. Sometimes, you know, 
cap moves can be forward thinking. Uh, they almost certainly are not going to re-sign Michael Gallup. Uh, they have an abundance of wide receivers there with Amari Cooper. And then I'm trying to, I'm blanking on his name, Oklahoma. Yeah, C.D. Lamb. Uh, they they do not need any more wide receivers. And hey, they're in a position to potentially draft a guy like uh, Kyle Pitts out of Florida too, which I can absolutely see the Cowboys doing. <laughs> so they're going to have a major tight end threat. They do not need any more weapons in the receiving game after, especially if they do something like that. So I could definitely see that. And Hey, you know, that'd be, that'd be great for us really. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start mine off uh, a little guy that requested a trade today. And that's Orlando Brown, uh, Ravens, uh, right tackle slash left tackle. He was playing right tackle until, uh, who's their, who's their left tackle? I, you know, Stan, not, a, not a clue to be honest. All right, I need I need to look it up. Ravens left tackle. Uh, Ronnie Stanley. That's it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So Ronnie Stanley, when he uh, went down, uh, Orlando Brown got switched over to the left tackle. Now they're trying to switch him back over to right tackle. And he's saying, "Wait, wait, wait! I've had my best season at left tackle. I want to stay left tackle." Man, I remember this guy coming out of the draft back in like 2017, 2018. I can't remember correctly. Uh, but he was, you know, regarded as a – he had like a notably terrible pro day uh, and and combine. But he – you know, all the film was good. Uh, people were just like, how how the hell are you, are you not doing better? I think he put up like a notably terrible bench press, I believe, like six reps or something for a left tackle. <laughs> Uh, which I know I'm not I'm not selling him well to the fan base right now, but you know he had a really good season, uh, and he's really been proving everybody wrong. They got him at a really good deal in like the third round, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'd be down for Orlando Brown. It's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of capital to get him. Uh, probably at least the first round pick. Uh, probably a first round pick and some change, truthfully, after how he played th- this previous year. Uh, but you know a, a major need on this team and also uh a a need that you know we don't have a whole bunch of other options obviously we're talking earlier about trent williams um but a guy that's going to be on a cheap contract to begin with uh and 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 really young as well which is not what trent williams is yeah and i think with orlando brown i think that you know you look at someone that is exposed and is you know having to play week in week out with a a variety of different concepts, um, you know, whether it be within the RPO, a lot of the same things that we kind of see within, you know, Nagy's offense, except at different volumes, at different paces, um, you know, because they you are know, working with someone who's a totally different quarterback and Lamar Jackson. But, you know, someone that's certainly asked to do a lot, you know, whether it be a one-on-one, if it's going to be zone blocking, you know, a variety of different asks for that position. And I think he's someone that delivers in both, you know, run blocking and pass blocking. So like you said, certainly someone that's going to take a little bit to, you know, get, but the reward is, is certainly there. I'll move on to my second player. And that is Harrison Smith currently mm-hmm. uh, safety for the Minnesota Vikings. 
you know, honestly, this past year, he, he kind of had a, a shit year, <laughs> right? I, I think the mm-hmm. reason why he's on this list is for that reason. It wasn't too long ago. We were going over, what, that top 10 safeties list, and he was on it. He had a hell yeah. of a year in 2019 and then really kind of fell off a cliff this past year. And, and Vikings fans do not seem too upset at the notion of him leaving the team. Now, you know, a trade in division is probably unlikely here. But at the same time, you know, everyone has a price. And I'm sure if the Bears were to, you know, match that price, that they would be able to obtain his services. So I think that, you know, the Bears have always been trying to figure out that other safety position. And I think Deshaun Gibson is, you know, good. I think he did well for what his contract was in this past year. Um, but, you know, what does Desai want to do? You know, what direction is this defense moving into? I think that Harrison Smith is at least someone's going to be on this Bears team radar, I think. Maybe he doesn't end up coming here, but I could see the Bears having interest in him and, you know, adding him onto this defense. And, you know, it, it's not a bad defense to kind of get, like, your rebirth or, you know, your kind of, like, second coming on. Yeah, you know, I I like where you're going with that strong safety position. I'm going to go ahead and look towards the AFC, towards the AFC West with a little player by the name of Derwin James. Uh, I think that, yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, Derwin James, as good of a player as he's been when healthy, the real question his entire career is, can he stay healthy? Um, And I don't, I don't think that the Chargers necessarily will look to extend him because of that. His health concerns, I mean, what, he's been fully healthy for one season at this point? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, so it, it's it's an injury issue, and, you know, you don't want to dedicate necessarily a ton of money to it. You might be willing to look to trade him because of that reliability factor and just get a little bit uh, before he ends up hitting free agency. Uh, and, I, you know, Derwin James, when healthy with Eddie Jackson, sign me up, man. Yeah, that, that would be absolutely lethal. And, you know, the last uh, good defensive player that had huge injury history was Jason Verrett for the Chargers. And, you know, mm-hmm. once he got shipped off, he had an excellent season. Not, so, yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Um, my final player is a wide receiver for the Texans. <laughs> you know, not the Cowboys. <laughs> Kenny Stills. Uh, I think that he's someone that's kind of made quite the rounds around the past few years. He's been kind of hopping from team to team, but you know, he really has a very intriguing, you know, set of talent. I think that, you know, you certainly can't deny that he has talent. There's reason why there's such excitement for him when he initially came into the league and, you know, probably for his first couple of years, you know, I think that he's someone on this bears team that, you know, maybe someone like Mooney, you know, he has that deep field presence, has that kind of speed. But, you know, just because you have one doesn't mean that you don't necessarily need another. I know that there's a lot of rumors going around that the Texans could be looking to move him because, I mean, who isn't possibly looking into getting to move by the Texans? If you have any kind of value, <laughs> any kind of worth, that team is probably going to look to move you. Or there's going to be some kind of rumors that you want to be moved. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see him, you know, landing here I mean, on this their, their president stepped down today <laughs> their president yeah. stepped down after because of their gm choice i mean can't yeah. say much of a there's not much worse of a a little uh acknowledgement than that they're the literal traveling circus but i'll, I'll yes. hand it over to you <laughs> yeah dude i i think that he'd be another obviously great value add and i think that's kind of what we're hitting on mostly with all these players are players who 
you know, they're not necessarily the best top of the end players, but guys that if you bring them in, they might be able to serve a role uh, on your defense, offense, whatever that is. Uh, and, and yeah, Kenny Stills, you know, he's he's got a lot left in the tank. Did a lot better with the Dolphins than he was doing with the uh, than he was doing with the Texans for sure. But you know, there's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of reason for that. Yeah. So uh, my last player is actually also a receiver. Uh, funny, we both kind of hit on strong safety and receiver. Uh, a guy that, you know, before I say his name, uh, obviously the contract would need to be reworked. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different issues going into it. Um, but Odell Beckham, you know, he's he's not the same guy as he was, what, like three years ago? Not even close. But he can still be a good receiver when healthy. Uh, you know, I think the Browns are probably going to look to move him because he's just... I mean, he's making like $20 million a year and he has not been even remotely worth that and he can't stay healthy either. Uh, but bring him in. I mean, if we lose Allen Robinson or if we even keep Allen Robinson, a guy that can make plays, he he can come up with plays every now and then. Uh, a, a guy that might be able to add a little bit of juice to this offense. That was a big thing that I looked at this year with the Bears is it just, it looked like the offense was just not having fun out there you know yeah it looked like they were like like dragging their feet when they had to come back onto the field like we know this is going to be awful (laughs) why do you make (laughs) us come back out here um so i think adding some guys this off season that are going to bring a little more juice you know a little more energy to the team could be really valuable and odell beckham is definitely one of those guys, you know, definitely one of those guys. So I, th- I think that given he reworks his contract and given we obviously don't give up, you know, like a second or first round pick for him, uh, I think that it could definitely be, you know, a smart move. Yeah, uh, But I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm always down for some more, you know, excitement. I really miss, you know, Giants Odell, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. You know, it's really exciting to watch him play at that time, not just because the one handed catches, mm-hmm. honestly, I could care less about that. I mean, it is impressive, but honestly, he was <laughs> the kind of player that, you know, he could take a slant 80 yards to the house, which is, you know, not mm-hmm. too many people can do that. Uh, so I, I would definitely be intrigued. I, I, yeah, like you said, there's kind of some, you know, that contract wouldn't really sit with this team. But, you know, that can be work. That can be redone. And, and getting some new excitement on this team, definitely 100%. I welcome it. So, yeah, I think that's all I got to say today. Yeah, well, I mean, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the show again. Thank you guys so much uh, once again. Uh, we're very lucky to uh, be in this position to uh, be doing this podcast. Real quick, one last thing before we leave. Uh, I wanted to mention that an NFL reporter uh, by the name of uh, Chris Wessling actually passed away from cancer uh, this past week. Uh, He's someone who was very, you know, obviously never knew him personally, but someone who's very impactful in my life. Listened to his podcast for a long time. Uh, If you guys want to check it out on Twitter, uh, you know, we'll include it in the description, but they're trying to do some, uh, some stuff for his wife and his child, his young child who uh, was born probably about a year ago uh so if you guys have any extra money maybe consider donating there but other than that thank you guys so much and bear down bear down